0: Well, good morning, Vineyard Church. If you're with us online, thanks for taking the time to connect in any way possible. And for everyone here, what an amazing opportunity to be together. I'm so grateful. If I've not had the chance to meet you, my name is Kurt. I serve as one of the pastors here. And uh, yes, you saw me on video because sometimes it's just easier to control the delivery of content that way. So it's just practical, just practical but I would love to encourage us. And I recognize maybe your schedule, you don't see a group this session that allows you to connect in small groups. Just begin to orient maybe this summer might be an opportunity to to move your schedule around. We will continue groups that are meeting now in the summer and we will also launch new groups. I recognize days and times and schedules and commitments kind of move seasonally and so we actually have groups that move seasonally and we also wanna encourage you to gather your friends commit to share the scriptures together, commit to pray for one another, then we can empower you to be a small group and then just journey with your friends. And as you lead other people into life with God, invite them to come with you. This is what it's about. This is the way forward together. So great to be with you. We are continuing in our series, The Creator and Creation. The Creator and Creation. And we've been talking about some foundational anchors for us as a local church and how we can relate to God, how we can understand the scriptures and really some anchoring truths through all the different kind of nuanced circumstances that you are experiencing day in and day out. We're working together as a community to have a, a richer, kind of more cohesive View of the world that allows the primary lens on our life to be God and His kingdom. The kingdom of God is the primary teaching of Jesus in His life and ministry on earth. It is a way to see the scriptures from the very first book of the Bible all the way to the end that God is on a trajectory to make all things new. And the way we need to see and relate to the world, the people, around us my world inside myself can you relate sometimes that's the most unique world of all It's my own interior my thoughts my emotions all of the way i see my life all of the way i see the world i want to see it through the eyes of the creator god and that hopefully that's some of what we're discovering here today and so we're going to quick recap if this is your first sunday with us um in the beginning god good news In the beginning, God, we believe that the story of creation tells us who, who was there in the beginning, who is the source of life, who is the giver of life, who can be the source and giver of life to you today. In the beginning, God, we humble ourselves and we come under the authority of God the creator and we have to deal with and acknowledge that we are not the creator, We are the creation. Additionally, uh, what we saw in week two is we believe that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A beautifully complex theological thought in the scriptures that God is one and God is three and the Trinity. And here at the Vineyard, we are Trinitarian. You can tell your friends, sound very theologically astute. But that what is beautiful in the Trinity, if I could give you one summarizing thought about why the Trinity matters is it's this. God is loving community within himself. God is loving community within himself, and that is the life and community that he shares with you, which means God is creating a beloved community. The creation that God started in Genesis, we have to understand the creator is creating a beloved community here and now that's the work we are joining in that's the way of God's kingdom in addition to being a beloved community where we're living into the words of Jesus which says something like love one another this is my command that you love one another this is my command that you love one another maybe the most challenging of all commands God is creating a worshiping community that we don't get lost in the shuffle of this life to give ourselves to created things, to man-made idols, to man-made imageries, to man-made systems, to self-created things, to self-worship. We give ourselves to the worship of the creator, the one who is above it all, the one who spoke it all in the being, that you are being invited to worship the creator and not settle for creation. It's a big deal. God is creating a beloved community. God is creating a worshiping community. Today, what we're gonna see is this. God is creating a community of blessing. We've been asking this question, if God created in the beginning, in the beginning, God created. And we believe God is alive and at work today, so the question we've sort of been asking is, what is the creator creating today? What is this work of God the creator, the living God in you, around you, through the church? And we believe God is creating a community of blessing. And as we've done at different points in this series, we're going to look to our friends at the Bible Project for a short summary video that will set up where we're going today. Take a moment to check out this clip from one of their resources.
1: The story of the Bible begins with God bringing life out of darkness, ordering our beautiful world, and then blessing all of its creatures. Hold on, blessing. That's one of those funny religious words. Yeah, right. People say a blessing over their meal or after they sneeze. Or just a general way to say that things are going well for me. But in the Bible, a blessing is more specific. The first blessing in the Bible is when God creates animals and he blessed them, hey, saying, be fruitful and multiply hit and clear fill all. the land. There you go. Ah, so God's blessing is about flourishing and multiplication of life.
0: Hit clear all. We're going to reset the table. It's all good. Nobody worry. Our team is working. All right. Now hit that video again.
1: The story of the Bible begins with God bringing life out of darkness, ordering our beautiful world, and then blessing all of its creatures. Hold on, blessing. That's one of those funny religious words. Yeah, right. People say a blessing over their meal or after they sneeze. Or just a general way to say that things are going well for me. But in the Bible, a blessing is more specific. The first blessing in the Bible is when God creates animals, and he blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the land. Ah, so God's blessing is about flourishing and multiplication of life. Right, it's when God shares his life-producing ability with others. Next, God gives humans an additional blessing that sets them apart from the animals. Not only are we one of God's creatures that can generate new life, we've also been appointed as God's representative image to rule and oversee this whole flourishing world on God's behalf. So part of our blessing is to take care of God's blessing for all creation. And God wants us to rule while trusting in his abundance, to eat from the tree of blessing that is the tree of God's own eternal life. Now there is another tree to eat from. Yes, and it represents this decision to try and seize abundance and life on our own terms by our own wisdom. The humans encounter a deceptive creature who tricks them into eating from this other tree thinking it's a shortcut a blessing. And instead of blessing, this tree brings a curse. A curse? You mean like a magic spell? No, in the Bible, the curse is when God hands people over to the consequences of seizing our own blessing on our own terms. It's a curse because instead of abundance and life, we end up with scarcity, isolation, and death. So God curses the ground. And instead of fruitfulness, there will be famine. Instead of overseeing the world, they will have to work the land until they die man. But God also curses that deceptive creature that fooled the humans saying that a human will come one day to destroy it and that human will be born into a world of scarcity where men and women and families and tribes are all locked in violent conflict. If God's blessing is now covered with a curse how can we flourish? Even more, how can we rule with God? Well here the biblical story takes an interesting turn. God chooses one couple Abraham and Sarah, and God blesses them and says they will become a huge family. Be fruitful and multiply. And there's more. God says that his blessing on Abraham and his family is for this larger purpose, so that through them, God's blessing can go out to all of the nations.
0: So that God's blessing can go out to all the nations. Every tribe, tongue, and nation experiencing the story and the blessing of God, and that we, as followers of Jesus, are a part of a church family that is global, and of all people need to have a view of the world where we are blessing the work and the life of God in one another, because God is creating a community of blessing, not cursing. God is creating a community of blessing, not cursing. And what we have to go back to is the story at the beginning to see this. And if we look in the scriptures in Genesis 1, we see this. And the Bible Project, Tim Mackey and his team kind of lay this out for us, that humans chose to step outside of God's blessing, try to reach for it, take hold of it, and then we got something interesting. Spoiler alert, it didn't go great. And what we look around and we see the world right now is we might really believe that our eyes tell us the sniff test, it doesn't smell so good. But look at what the scriptures say in Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. God blessed them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Jumping to verse 31, God saw all that he had made and it was very good and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Going to Genesis 2 verse 1, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. When we step into the story of God, we have to see that God and his creative work is life-giving. When God completes his work and he rests, it is life and life abundant. And that blessing and that work of God is exactly that. It's a life-giving work that is intended to be blessing for all of mankind. All of mankind. God's creative work is life-giving. So if you're trying to discern, is this God or is this not? The work of God is life. And it is intended to be a blessing. And you might go, but Curtis, it's not that easy. It's a little more complicated than that. Don't you know? Don't you live in the time we live in? Don't you live in the world? Yes, I do live in this present moment. I do live in the chaos that we all live in, which we're going to try to lean into that a little bit today. Because if God is creating a community of blessing and we see in the scriptures, he has called us to be life. Here's what I think is a primary work for us to do in our own life. And it's this, to receive the truth that you are made in his likeness. The truth of your identity. If God is creator and you are the creation, this was not up to you. You have been made in the likeness of God. That is the truest thing about you. And what we see in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 is God gave us freedom. And the question is, will you receive that truth? Receive the truth of your identity. You were made in the likeness of God. What? Some of you are like, yeah, I know. I see it every morning, Kurt. (laughs) And thus pride has taken over. (laughs) Vanity. No, I'm just kidding. We have to receive the truth that I am made in God's image. Every day you wake up, you're made in God's image. Every night you go to sleep, you are made in God's image. And if you are made in God's image, good news, we, all of mankind, humanity, we have been made in God's image. And this is absolutely essential in the life of God and his kingdom. This revolutionizes this whole idea of self-worth and self-identity because it's not up to you. It's the humility to receive that the same God that made the Milky Way makes you in his image. Andy Crouch, uh, speaker, author, writer, has this wonderful article called uh, The Three Callings of a Christian and Listen to what he says about this whole idea of being image bearers. Your first and fundamental calling is shared with every other human being to bear the image of God. We are here to reflect the creator into the creation and to reflect the creation's praise and lament Back to the creator. To bear the image is to exercise dominion, caring for and cultivating the good world and make it very good through our creative attention. Bearing the image of God by working fruitfully in the good world is what we were always meant to do. We were always meant to bear the image of God and step into the story of God. The garden story of creation is our story today. God rested. It was all good. And we get to join that good work of God. We get to step into the story of bearing the image of God to say, we are made in your likeness. We want to give you worship. We want to give you praise. We also have to give you lament because some of my brothers and sisters maybe are not working fruitfully in the world. But that does not mean they lose the fact that they are bearing the image of God because fundamentally all humans have been made in the image of God. Do you believe that about yourself? Does that shape your Monday? Does that shape your Tuesday afternoon? You are loved. The creator's choice. You are made in the image of God, also the creator's choice. You are created to love God and love others, the creator's invitation. You are created to worship God, the creator's invitation. Will you receive it? Will you come and step into the story of God? This is what it is all about, period. And here's why it matters so much for us today. Because what I said was, you are to receive the truth. What does that mean? You can, you can resist it. You can resist the truth. You can tell the creator to go somewhere else. You can resist the idea and you can take hold of your whole life and you can be God. You can be king. You can be the one who knows better. You can be the one who knows best. And you can say, I got it, I know better, get out of my way. So we either receive the work of the creator or we resist the work of the creator. Some of you are like, I don't like this. I don't know that this makes me feel good. Are you receiving the life-giving life of God or do you find yourself prone to resist it? If you find yourself prone to resist it, it's okay. You are not alone. Here's the account in Genesis. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say? Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say you must not eat fruit from that tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. Here's the collision. God has said something. Another narrative is entered in. There's another truth being told. And the serpent says, you will not certainly die. You won't die. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Pay attention to what's happening here in the scriptures. Let the scriptures be life to us this morning. God works. He creates. Everything is good. He even rests. He just goes, hey. (sighs) Rest. Marvel in the good creation. Take it easy for a second. I've created all the life that needs to give life. Now we just get to receive. And we get to rest. And what God did say to Adam and Eve is, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. This one will kill you. And listen to the lie of the serpent. Where is the lie? Can you see it? Where is the lie? For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Guess what? They were already made in his image. They already were. They already were made in his image. They were already right where they needed to be. God was not holding out on them. And this invitation to bear God's image is to believe God is not keeping stuff from you. It is not scarcity in the kingdom of God. Do not believe the lie. As the story goes on in Genesis 3, verse 6, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they realized they were naked So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Now they begin to cover themselves and take control of the story and what's going on in the creation story. Now they're having to create another way. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God who was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God. The story continues to repeat itself among humanity. I live outside of God's best. God's pursuing us, and we hide. And yet, listen to who God is. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? See, the image of God is reflected in the character and heart of God that God is pursuing us. And lovingly and gently just saying, where are you? Why are you hiding? What is it about Your story right now that has you believing you need to hide from my presence? Where are you? So some of us today need to understand that the work of the creator is to create life and you are believing a lie in your own journey right now that is stealing life from you. Do not believe the lie. You are not still having to work to make yourself like God. You're not having to find some pursuit where then you'll be worthy of God's affection and love. The truth is you are already loved, you are made in his image, and you are being invited to walk this out and join the blessing, character, and heart of God. Do not believe the lie. Here's the other lie we often believe that I think uh, the enemy sowed seed for in the garden and that I think we step into kind of time and time again. The lie is that you know better and I know better. You know better. You got this thing figured out. One of the greatest lies we believe in our life is its pride. Pride. That I somehow know better than the creator. I know better than the way of scriptures and community. I actually know better than God. So I'm going to go do my own thing. We resist the truth of God, and we go our own way. We resist the love of God, and we go our own way. And then what's interesting is, even if we've done that journey, and we, and we kind of even go, you know what, Kurt, what you're, the story you're telling is actually not true about me. I know I don't know better My life has not gone well for me. I know that the story of my life is actually not life-giving. It's not flourishing. But I don't believe that God would take me. You still know better. The fact of the matter is God is ready for you right now. The creator God loves you. You were made in his image, and he's saying, come home. He's saying, come be with me. Genesis 3, where are you? God continues to walk in the cool of the night. Where are you? Where are you? Come spend time with me. Where are you? Come bear my image in the world. Where are you? Come so good in me in the world. I am doing good things. I am the creator. I am trustworthy. Where are you? What a powerful question that the scriptures invite us to consider for our own lives. Where are you? And as we saw in Genesis 4, the other question God continues to ask is, where is your brother? We have to receive the truth that we've been made in the image of God. And I believe that if we're beginning to follow Jesus, now this is the thing, if you, this is really what I believe, if you are following Jesus, what I'm going to say next, I believe, is part of this journey. When we begin to receive our identity from God, we begin to step into the story of God. We begin to follow Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's good for our lives. That's part of our salvation work. We get to join in the kingdom of God. But here's the next thing. The next thing that we have to see in the scriptures is that it is our job to care for the image of God in one another. Look at Genesis 5. This is the written account for Adam's family line. When God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them, and he named them mankind. That's Genesis 5, 1 and 2. Now check out what it says in Genesis 9. In Genesis 9, there's this encouragement to multiply and increase my image in the world. It begins to spread to the nations. The creator God says you were made in his image. All of humanity made in his image. Here's where I'm going. We receive that truth and then we have to care for the image of God in one another. Look at the person you're sitting by. Full room. Look at the person that you're sitting closest to. Turn your eyes to the people all around you. Not a single person in this room looks the same. Behold the image of God in front of you. Seriously, no, y'all are are like looking at me. Yes, I bear the image too. Hello! Look at each other. That means if you're like me, you have to do this because I got my neck. Behold the beauty of God in this room. And we are called to learn how to care for that in one another. Care for the image of God in others. In a world that strips our image, we must gently remember and remind one another, we are gods. In a world that creates labels for our image, we must gently and humbly remember, we are gods. And this might be the most essential work we're doing right now on the earth is to care for the work of the creator in one another. Here's what I mean. I have permission to share this story from my son. This week, I was in the car with my 12-year-old. We're just talking about random stuff. Baseball, school, we're listening to music. And he asked me this question. He says, Dad, what was the name of the man who was killed in Memphis? Just an easy parenting moment. And that was the right question what is the name of the man who was killed in Memphis? He's 12, asking a very important question. His name is Tyree Nichols. You might have seen the headline. I don't know what that headline elicits for you and your soul. Tears, sorrow, lament, confusion, uncertainty. Anger, numbness. But my 12 year old's asking me this. And it gave us a really special moment to talk about the image of God in one another. And then we began to talk about what this month is. This month is Black History Month. And he asked me another question. He said, Dad, I have an observation. He said, Black History Month. He said, I think that's really important. I said, I do too. I said, it's really important that we remember the story of our people and our culture and our heritage and what has happened. We, we see that all throughout the scriptures that God calls us to remember and to tell the stories accurately and with truth and with care. And he says, Why is there no White History Month? another very simple conversation with a 12-year-old. Are y'all facing conversations like this in your world? This is where we need the kingdom to come and center itself. This is where we need the work of God, every tribe, tongue, and nation getting central in the story and the way we see the world. And I said, well, Canton, I said, here's how I understand this. Because of what's unfolded in our culture among people, Every month has been a, a month given to white history. And this is an intentional work to make sure we're telling the story of the beauty of our nation in every tribe, tongue, and nation. And that was the best I could do on the spot. And I sh- I, here's the thing. I am just laid open right in front of you. And some of you might be like, this is not appropriate conversation for the church. This is discipleship. This is the kind of work we have to do if we're going to care for the image of God in one another. We have to see the image of God in one another. We have to see that the scriptures talk about every tribe, tongue, and nation. We have to lament that there was a mass shooting in California on Lunar New Year's Eve. How do we do this work to bear image if we're destroying and stripping the image from our brothers and sisters? And trust me, I feel the weight of this moment. I felt it in the car. I feel it when I read headlines. And what I want you to see is that the scriptures show us that in Genesis 4, brother stripped image from brother and murdered him. Where do I strip the image from you? Because my heart needs more work in the kingdom and the way of Jesus. Where do I lose the tenderness of my heart towards my brothers to care for the story that is real? If we're going to care for the image of God in one another, that actually means we have to acknowledge where it's being broken, it's being wounded, it's being hurt. And we get to speak blessing. We get to speak blessing. The Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. When we get into the story of God and the way of God, we are joining an anthem of blessing and creating life in the earth, not killing it. Don't worry about the camera. I'm going to be out of it for a second. If we avoid this work in the earth, we get more of the human way. If we avoid the work of the kingdom in the earth, we get more of the human way. Our identity must be found in the creator, not the creation. And it takes every tribe, tongue, and nation to begin to display the beauty. We get a fraction of the beauty of God in every hue, in every language. And the work of the Spirit crosses these language lines. The work of the Spirit calls us to bless and to be a blessing. And here's what I want us to see. This is where we're going to finish, and we're going to take time to pray. Because if we are going to care for the image of God in one another, it allows us to be free, not to see it through a human lens, but to see it through a kingdom of God lens. We have to receive the truth that we are God's and let him do that work. And then we have to care for that work in one another. This is the journey of discipleship. Listen to the teaching of Jesus in Matthew 5. I was just thinking about this over the last couple days, and I think this sets us up for how we can pray. And we're going to take time to pray because I just don't know of any other way forward. This is Jesus' teaching. His sermons are better than mine. You can read them anytime you want. And what I want you to hear is where the blessing falls and what what blessing we receive. Okay? Just pay attention to where the blessing falls, who is blessed, and what the gift is in that blessing. Here's the challenge I see for us in this day and time. I don't want to be poor in spirit. I don't want to mourn. I don't want to be meek. I don't want to go hunger and thirst for righteousness. I'm more prone to judgment instead of mercy. My heart is not always pure. And as much as I like the idea of peace, I just wear out. And the truth is, I don't want to be persecuted at all. Can you relate? So then what blessing is there for me? The only blessing I get is what I create on my own which means I take it from you. Keep it to myself. But Jesus says, blessed are you when your spirit is shattered because you'll get me. See, the reward is always the creator. The reward is always the kingdom of God. The reward is always the work of the spirit. The reward is in the one who holds it all together so we can trust him. And this might be the most complicated work we do as followers of Jesus in our day and time. Blessing the image of God in someone is about what the Creator is doing. It doesn't mean you're blessing what they're doing. Hear me. But if I avoid that work and that partnership with God, then I've stepped out of what God is doing in the earth. I'm no different. If I strip the image from another image bearer, I'm stepping outside of God's best. I'm no different. So what I want you to hear me say is, God, give us your heart. Show us how we can be a community of blessing, that we can see people the way you see them, that we can ask, where are you? We can ask, where is your brother? We can look and say, you are loved by God. Not because of what you do or do not do, but because the creator said so. We can step into this work of God and his kingdom here and now, and it will be a deep work, and it will require all of us. Learning from one another to actually be a beloved community who love one another, which means I have to see you and behold your story. So here's what I want us to do. We are in 21 days of prayer. You can follow along at parlynvineyard.org forward slash grow forward slash 21 or on social media. We didn't want to exclude. We still believe if you're not on social media, you do bear the image of God. You might be more pure of heart, which means you will see God. But you don't have to be on social media to follow along. All the content will be on our website. Can I just tell you this is? We're going to take a moment to pray before we leave. So here's what I want you to do: I want you to stand. Y'all been sitting. been reading from this book George Eldon Ladd the gospel of the kingdom the gospel must not only offer a personal salvation in the future life to those who believe it must also transform all of the relationships of life here and now and thus cause the kingdom of God to prevail in all the world the gospel of redeeming grace has the power to save the social, economic, and political orders as well as the souls of individual believers. The kingdom of God is like a bit of leaven placed in a bowl of dough which slowly but steadily permeates the dough until the entire lump is leavened. So is the kingdom of God to transform the world by slow and gradual permeation. When we say yes the blessing we are a part of that work of hope and healing what's the cry of your heart today for your own life god help what's the cry of your life for the loved ones around you god heal What's the cry of your heart for the headlines that you're aware of, the questions that you get asked about? God have mercy. We need to receive the image of God as the truest thing about our lives, and we're invited to be a blessing. So here's what I want us to do. I want you to think about the most powerful two-word prayer you can pray. God, fill in the blank. You can all do this. And we're going to just let it be quiet for a minute. And we're going to let everybody in the room add a prayer. And if you're here today exploring faith, you don't even believe in God, just maybe think, if God were real, what would you be interested in God doing in the earth? And ask God for that. See what happens. God, we need you and we ask for you to come. You are the source of life and you are the source of blessing. We cannot experience it disconnected or detached from you. If you're part of our prayer ministry teams or a small group leader, I'm going to invite you to come down and be available to pray. Here's the thought going through my head. God, if you are not big enough to handle whatever the biggest thing is we see in our life, we are lost. If you are not big enough to handle the biggest things we see in our world, we are lost. And so today, we pray for your blessing to be poured out. I pray that we would better, more fully receive the truth that we are made in your image. And that should humble us. It should bring us to a place of awe and worth and worship and and just surprise going, God, is this even true? And you just remind us, yes, it's true. I love you. I made you in my image. Now stay connected to me. And let's go proclaim hope and healing. And blessing to the people on the earth that are also made in my image. And so God, show us this week how to care for that image in those that we work with. Show us how to care for this week the people who are made in your image that live in our home. Show us how to care this week for the image of God in the people we hate. Or are afraid of. Or confused by. May we live in to the reality that you proclaim Jesus in Matthew 5. Give us the courage to receive the blessing that can come only from you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Send us out this week connected to the community of love that is you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We bless your church and your people to receive life from you that we might give life away in everything we do. Be with us and send us out. In your holy name we pray these things. Amen.